Welcome to episode 76 of the Jackson Hole Connection, brought to you by Jackson Hole Marketplace, Jackson Hole's little community market on the south side of town. Please visit the jacksonholeconnection.com slash jhm to learn more. Hello from Jackson Hole, I am Stephan Abrams, your host and guide today. Each week, I sit with someone connected to Jackson Hole to share their fascinating story about daily life. I feel we can all learn so much from each other, and I intend to search out people and stories which will teach us all a little about life outside of our everyday circle. My guest today is Jack Hartpence, the co-founder and CEO of POW Water. Today we'll learn how a life-changing event inspired Jack to co-found POW Water and what it means to create a social business. Jack has been inspired by Professor Muhammad Yunus, who teaches businesses the importance of social business and businesses being impact generating. Jack will also share with us his recent experience with Silicon Coulars Pitch Day and why being awarded the Panelist Choice Award and the Bob Arndt Community Caretaker Award are helping him and Pal Water reach their goals. I know Jack's fun, high energy, We'll get you thinking about how you can make an impact in the world too. Jack, thank you for finding the time to come and visit me here in the basement for the worldwide headquarters of the Jackson Hole Connection. Good to see you. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah. So let's start off with your connection to Jackson Hole. You live here now. I do. How many years have you lived here and what brought you to this place so far away fourth winter in town Mm -hmm. and was brought here had the opportunity to work remotely and basically one day i was living down in arizona at the time uh walked into my then boss's office and said hey i want to work remote and she said well where would you want to move and first words out of my mouth for some reason were jackson um (laughs) not mississippi yeah no yeah or tennessee no 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 (laughs) and uh and she said well do you have a backup? And I said, Lake Tahoe. <laughs> and, uh, and she said, okay, well, you're not going to be much of a choice. So packed up my old Honda like a week later and moved to Jackson. Cool. Yeah. And so fourth winter. Fourth winter. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. And you originally grew up where? Uh, North Carolina. North Carolina. But I was born in New York, uh, New York City. All right. Yep. I can tell from your accent. Yep. There you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And you are now the founder and CEO of Pal Water. Mm-hmm. Co-founder. Co-founder. Uh, co-founder. Okay. You make water? We do not make water All right. presently, um, but we work with some great organizations on the ground, filtering water and helping bring it to people in need. That's fantastic because there's a lot of people out there that need water. Even people that have really have access to water should drink more water, period. We, we all should. Yes. We all should. Yeah. And since you've lived here in Wyoming, you had a life-changing event. Tell me the details of, of that moment. In sure, life. sure. Yeah, so it was August 23rd, 2017, and I needed a... Uh, one-way rental car from Jackson down to Colorado. I was working um, for a think tank at the time and was going down to visit a client. And basically, 
uh, the only car they could rent me at the Enterprise, my buddy Chad, uh, shout out to you, Chad, was work managing the Enterprise in town up at the airport and said, you know, Jack, I can get you a car, but you're not going to like it. It's a it's a 20-person white Chevy Express van that we got to get off our lot. And I think it had to go back to like Denver maybe. Mm-hmm. And so driving it down and leaving it one way down in Colorado was just like a, a win for them. So I, I took this van down, um, chugging down the road. And I'm outside of Craig, Colorado, and I'm heading, I'm heading to the mountains. And basically, I missed a turn. GPS is going crazy. Been driving for a while. I'm looking around on this state road, up, down. I'm like, I think I can make a U-turn right here. Um, didn't account for the terrible turning radius of this huge van. And basically just got wedged in the, in the middle of the road for a second. And, and right as I was wedged in the middle of the road, throwing the car in reverse, I heard, uh, and it, there was a blind hill. And basically this tractor trailer was coming cooking. He was a, a double semi. So he had two loads of coal. It was a coal, big blue tractor trailer. Um, still can see it to this day and basically came and, uh, and, and hit me. Um, I'm just sitting there in the middle of the road and, and ripped off the entire front of my car. Ooh. And, the, the crazy part for me, uh, looking back on the moment, was really that everyone tells you in your life, you know, when you die, you're basically going to have this flash in front of your eyes at death. And for me, uh, it wasn't how I imagined it. I always thought it would be like, you know, vacation with mom and dad, like cheers and a beer with your buddies and maybe doing some skiing or whatever. Uh, but it was really just a question. It was like, oh, crap. I'm going to die right now. What have I done here with this opportunity I've been given to be the best person maybe I could be to, to better humanity and better really the world as a whole? Like, did, did I leave this place a positively? Cause whatever, whatever the positive things I did in my life are the things that now I'm going to take with me to wherever I'm going. I have no idea where I'm going, but I'm gearing up for that. And uh, so I got hit, totaled the car and I walked away from this whole thing without even a bruise and everyone, really yeah didn't even have a bruise and i'm like on the side of the road trying to do all these yoga moves figure out what part of me is messed up and nothing was messed up i actually played golf the next morning and played the best round of golf of my life still to this day because the weight of the world was just off my shoulders it felt like i and uh it was just this moment where it was just clicking and then i began to uh, address the bigger question which is if that is uh you know the, the question at the end of my life well then i probably want to alter some things uh in the present wow (laughs) yeah (laughs) wow and And i actually drove past uh where that wreck was this morning um believe it or not uh on my way back to town were there emotions i've it's the third time i've done it okay and the first time i did it i actually got out of the car i can show you this picture and had uh my girlfriend take a picture of me and as um She's taking the picture. A white Chevy van drives behind me. And in the photo, I'm like now pointing at the white Chevy van that I see coming. And like you can see part of it. It was like really a special moment. And that was a year later, uh, almost to the day, like after the accident, just randomly as well. Wow. So you asked yourself, what is it that you've done in life? Yeah. And so you asked yourself the question. And, and there's two ways. <laughs> two different paths you could have gone in life and uh-huh. and you're doing something great right now and and we'll get into that 
But you could have gone the other route that's like, well, I haven't done enough in life, so I'm just going to go all crazy <laughs> and just party like today's the last day every day. Sure, um, sure. And just be nuts. Go get like a crotch rocket, do wheelies on the interstate, uh, whatever. But, <laughs> but you've taken a different route. So you ask the question to yourself, what is it that you've done in life? And, and I think you've answered it. So how have you answered it? Well, maybe we'll have to get a beer sometime. Okay. Cause yeah, we could, we could play that department as well. But, uh, but no. Um, so for me, like it, you know, it didn't just like click right away at first, like really the lineage is this. It's that at first I was just asking myself like a big, broad question. Like what are the world's most pressing problems? And I'm a big uh, data guy. So I was, I was really trying to look at what are some macro trends that are going to happen here uh, in my lifetime and how are people going to be affected? And shortly, um, shortly into that, I was drawn to water and I was drawn to clean water because water is the backbone for quality of life on earth today. And all the data was showing me that, that once clean water was brought uh, to a community in need, sustainable cl- access to, to clean water, uh, they were able to move on to all these secondary quality of life issues, education, women's rights, economic opportunity, and obviously health of themselves. And what I found profound about that was that the water crisis is an exponentially growing crisis. And if you look at the way that we were hand that we are handling the water crisis, that was something that also spoke to me because when you're building these solutions in the, in like that part of the world that needs access to clean water, oftentimes we kind of come in there with a, a lens of this is how the system works. This is how it's going to run. We're going to train this person. Then we're going to move on to the next one. We're going to do that. And there's no real uh, engagement with the local community. And that was kind of leading to what I saw in, in the numbers year over year. A lot of solutions were actually dying. And uh, uh, in sub-Saharan Africa today, the average shelf life is something like two and a half years for a system. So we come in with, you know, maybe it's big NGO capital or whatever, and we build these solutions in areas of the world that need it. And then within two and a half years, that solution we just built is dead. And then we've built all these other ones. And it's like this system, and we're not really looking at how we could uh, best engage with a local community to create solutions that really matter and that really last, that are sustainable over time. And that way, therefore, you can achieve positive growth in addressing the problem of the water crisis as it also, too, is growing. And so I was hung up on that for, like, ever. Like, how, how could, you know, me and Jackson Hall, what, what could I do to affect that? And if that was the type of solutions out there, then, like, I wouldn't necessarily want to be in a solutions that weren't sustainable and couldn't last and at that moment in time, we had recruited a team. I'd recruited a team. So we had co-founders that we were all looking into this problem together. Um, and it was shortly after that that I was dr- literally driving down the road here in Jackson over on Simpson in East Jackson and flipping through the radio station, 89.1 had a, like their daily segment on or whatever. And as I'm getting to it, uh, I hear this guy, his name's Professor Muhammad Yunus. He won the Nobel Peace Prize in 2006. And he's really talking about social business. And he basically, he won the Peace Prize for microfinance. And he's talking about this new type of entity that is a blend between a for-profit and a non-profit, basically a business that's sole goal is to be impact generating. And that to me, I just like took a step back and was like, this guy's talking about building solutions exactly uh, as I've seen the problem on the ground uh, with some of these water projects I was just telling you about. 
and so that's that's really where we kind of like began the journey we're on today is it started at the crash we were looking at the the problem uh problems that were existing in the water crisis and then we heard professor Yunus, and we immediately realized that these type of principles that he's talking about could be uh, addressed to the water crisis to build solutions that last and that's really where we are today and is pal water your vehicle to do it is it is um so with pal water what we did was we basically looked at another big issue we have, which is plastic usage. Uh-huh. And we were looking at what is a consumer product that people could rally around that wanted to make an impact uh, just through a simple purchasing decision. And the drinkware market is something like an $8 billion market today in swag. So we said there, we have all these companies out there today who are looking for corporate social responsibility. They want to make an impact. What if we created best-in-class products and had complete financial transparency so that we could tell them, hey, this is exactly where every dollar goes, exactly where these impact investments are going to be. And then the most important thing, what if we vetted the best-in-class impact solutions on the ground, which we've done? You know, we, we had to, that took us a lot of time and working with Professor Eunice's network there was huge because we were able to really open doors to these type of impact players on the ground who are doing it successfully, who we can then invest in and they can basically compound impact over time and really engage with these communities with locals that are putting together all the projects, which is huge. So following, you know, kind of circling back here, Pal Water, and then you hear about uh, Professor Eunice? Professor Eunice, yeah, Professor, Professor Muhammad Eunice. And for social business. And with what Pal Water, it sounds as though that you were – really getting into more than one social issue one is water but then two is all the plastic that's being put out in the environment for drinkware yep you know especially one-time use exactly you're going for more of solving the problem of reducing one-time use and creating more quality sustainable multi-use type of receptacle exactly right exactly right and what where we see us being uh, kind of the bridge is basically companies and individuals here in the U.S., in Europe, in Australia, who want to make a difference. And they say, okay, I want to buy products that actually really change the world. And what we're doing is we're saying, look, we're investing a higher percentage of our profits than nearly any organization out there today at 25% of our profits, like 36% of our revenue. And we're so comfortable in our impact investments because they're highly vetted. We know exactly what's going on. And by the way, none of these have high operational costs. Like this money isn't going to someone's salary in San Francisco. You know, every dollar is going directly into these projects. We're going to, we're so comfortable. We're going to have financial transparency. We're going to put it on our website for the world to see. And to date, what we've been able to accomplish is, is awesome. I mean, we, we launched August 2nd, 2019, um, here in Jackson, we had a big party, uh, over at the Elks Lodge. And we've been able, to, our impact investments in Kenya have brought clean water to around 40,000 school children. We've also been able to microfinance a system in Maimensingh, Bangladesh, which we were to, uh, myself and my co-founder, Andrew Mullen, he's the head of like our, our water filtration. He's a water guy. We were just over there looking at our first project in Bangladesh that we've been able to actually, we have $30,000 that we're investing in Maimensingh into this local economy to build this plant and basically create this distribution channel with a local entrepreneur. So we're, st- we're really pumped. I mean, it's, 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 it's good to see 
hey, this is working, it's growing, and it's resonating with clients because most of our clients come back and they want to continue to order. So it's fantastic. Big impact. And congratulations. I, I feel as though myself and probably majority of people in, in the world, especially here in the U.S., don't really understand the impact that we have on the environment and also how that affects people's lives socially, totally. economically. And what you don't see, you don't know. Totally. And there's a lot that we don't see. So kudos to you guys uh, for, for doing this. Now, back in the fall, you presented at Silicon Coulard's Pitch Day. Yep. And big shout out to Silicon Coulard. Sure. With Love what, them. With the, what they do here in the community with the Pitch Day, helping entrepreneurs. I actually went through the startup intensive oh, with, very with cool. Sandy and yeah. Liza. Sandy's um, one of our advisors. Fantastic. Yeah, she's awesome. And same with Liza. We love them both. Perfect. Great team to have yep. as advisors for you. Yeah, they're great. So you won Pitch Day. You won the top grant. We did. And what what, what, is, what is that called? Um, I think the top grant was the community prize. Community prize. Yes. Right. And what did you win? $7,500 cash. All right. And then we also won the Bob Arndt prize oh, uh, as well. Okay. Which was really cool for us because we got to meet the Arndt family and we met them at Silicon Coulard's Christmas party this year. And it was just really cool because I know what Bob meant to a lot of people in this community and to Silicon Coulard. And, uh, so shout out to the Arns because it was a true honor winning their award. And it was actually, that was the best part of the whole thing was winning that because we're now in the Silicon Coolar Teams program, which kind of gives us this little incubation hub uh, here in the Tetons. That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. So that was really like the best thing is that we got to continue our relationship with Silicon Coolar through the whole thing. And so with that $7,500, what, what did you do with that money? Because you have open book trans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So with seventy five, the seventy five hundred, we invested it into inventory, uh -huh. uh, furthering our inventory, and then we ha we actually won a thousand bucks from mm -hmm. the Bob Arndt prize. Okay. And with the thousand bucks, we invested that into a project, uh, the project I was just telling you about in Bangladesh. Nice. Yeah. Good yeah. work. So Pow Water, you sell drinking receptacles. We do. Devices. That is how you raise money to then go reinvest. And is your reinvestment here in the U.S., here in North America, or is it global? It's, it's global. So it's uh, currently in Kenya, Ethiopia, uh, Nigeria, as well as Bangladesh. And that's through our impact partners. So we, we, we work with three incredible impact partners. Uh, one is Viva Conagua, uh, one is Shashir Water, and one is Impact Water. Okay. And these organizations have highly proven track records. They're growing like crazy. Impact Water is one I'll highlight. They work directly with schools on the ground in Nigeria, Uganda, in Kenya. And basically what they do is they supply schools that could not otherwise afford clean drinking water, clean drinking water. Um, so it, it's an incredible model. Um, it's one that we're really, really proud to, to work with. And their numbers are insane. It's like every they they believe that they could bring universal access to all schools in Africa through this program that they've basically piloted, which now I think has like six million kids uh, under their umbrella. That's fantastic. Yeah, that's, that's they're beautiful. awesome. They're awesome. That's beautiful. I know my Rotary Club works with 
Julia Heemstra. Yeah, I know Julia. At the hospital. Yep. And she, because she's from South Africa. Totally. They work on some projects in South Africa, I think from the community that she's from. They do. For clean drinking water. So some of the schools can stay open. 100%. Because the government will shut down the schools if they can't provide clean water for the students. Julia is doing incredible work. And she's she's a good friend of ours. We get together with her from time to time and talk about water. And she's she's awesome. And she's a true assassin getting in the field. Very passionate. I've known Julia many years. And she's a strong athlete as well. So yeah. I hear. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Very strong athlete. So, Jack, you had this life-changing moment. And you decided that you can make a difference in the world. You have co-founders that you're working with. You have impact partners. You've met Professor Eunice before. Sure. And what is your drive? What what fuels you day in and day out? This is big stuff that you're yeah. you're doing here. Well, you know, the the water crisis is an exponentially growing problem, and and I'd be you know blowing smoke. If I looked you in the eye and said, hey, you know, right now I'm solving the water crisis. But I think every day as an organization, we grow stronger. Every day as an entrepreneur, I grow stronger and my and our whole team grows stronger. And, you know, I'll tease a little something. We are working on a project right now that's really exciting that we're looking forward to announcing in the coming months. Um, it's been in the works for a little bit, and it could be something that could have much wider, a wider net of impact uh, in terms of reaching as many people as possible and really trying to streamline uh, systems for these communities in need. Because, you know, what really does drive me is see when you see it on hand, um, you know, the experiences our team's been lucky enough to have where we're working with communities on the ground and seeing the transformation that can take place and the positive propellant for quality of life that clean water is. It's just, I mean, once you see it, it's like, you know, Professor Eunice, he like says this thing. It's like happiness is like something you can achieve, like just through like, you know, whatever. But super happiness is when you really are helping other people and you're seeing them be happy from that. And once you like get a little taste of that pie, it's tough to, to stop. What a great drug to have. Yeah, it's a good yeah. drug for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and um, you, your product, how is your, where is your product sold? Uh, our product is sold here in the U.S. So um, also uh, we've sold it into Australia. Uh, we've sold it into Europe. Um, mainly it's sold here in the U.S. And what's really cool about our product is we see a ton of businesses that are looking for this type of swag. And so there isn't a single customer that really like you could like say a business or an individual that fits in a box. That's our target customer because everybody needs a water bottle. So – can a customer go to what's your website? Powwater.com. Yeah. Okay. So can an individual go to your website and get a Pow Water sure. water bottle? How yeah. many items do you have on your website? Uh, we have six. Six different items. Yeah, we have uh, five different drinkware products. And then we actually did a collab ski with Sego. Uh -huh. um, every ski brings like 125 people clean drinking water. Had a local artist, Will Munford, who works with us. He's a creative. He's a brilliant guy. Um, he... Uh, basically did the top sheet design and it's really rad. I'm, I'm skiing on them this year, obviously. Mm -hmm. Cool. <laughs> Got the whole team on them. Nice. <laughs> and so you mentioned businesses and the yeah. swag that businesses give away. Yep, exactly. How does this model work? And, and what type of businesses are you going for? So we go for nearly anybody. I mean, big banks, you know, hedge funds, 
tech companies, doctors' offices, fly fishing shops. These are all people. Hospitals. These are all people we've sold to. Mm -hmm. So there isn't really a bucket. You know, it's really about a business that wants to buy a product that reduces plastic usage in the office place for their employees. Slap their logo on it if they want. If they don't want, they don't have to. And we'll tell them exactly where all the impact is and they can track that impact. They can call us and say, Hey, how's it going? Whatever they want to know, whatever level of engagement they're looking for, we can provide because it's not about for us. We've got nothing to hide, you Mm -hmm. know, like this is all about the impact that we're creating. And it's a pleasure for us working with businesses. You know, a lot of our clients have told us like, this was like one of the best things I did all in 2019 because it was, it got everyone stoked. Everyone was really excited about the impact we created. And um, and it gets us pumped up because it's like we love working with people and doing stuff with companies that maybe otherwise wouldn't have or maybe they, it's something that they prioritize as a company. That's spectacular. Yeah. And who is your first customer? Grand Teton. National Park? Yep. Really? Yeah. Okay. And they're dictated by the National Park System to reduce plastic, one-time use plastic. Yeah, they sure are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good partner yeah. to have. Great partner to have. Great so because you're with one park, does that get you into the other parks? We're trying. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, but no, it doesn't quite work like All that. Right. <laughs> I wish. Who handles your sales? Do you do that or do you have a team? Uh, yeah, I do as well as pretty much all of our co-founders have had mm-hmm. sales. And we okay. um, we have a few interns. They mm-hmm. work really hard. Um, but yeah, we're, we're I mean, at a little startup, everyone's working on sales. Everyone's working on marketing. Sure. What's your annual revenue at this time? So uh, we did about 80 in um, 19. 80 million? 80,000. 80,000. 80,000. In 2019. We sure did. In 2018, what did you do? We weren't around. You were not we around. Launched, when we, and, and in uh, 2019, we were only around for four months. Okay. Mm-hmm. So average 20,000 a month. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. We're, we're averaging, we're pacing, actually outpacing that right now. That's spectacular. Yeah. Spectacular. And... We're growing. To, we're growing. Well, you know, <laughs> growth does not happen overnight. It takes time to grow. And the wonderful thing that you're doing is you're really making an impact in people's lives because you're providing clean water. And I like what you said. It's it's a positive propellant for life. That's, that's spectacular. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're going to take a quick break and get a word from one of our sponsors, and we'll be right back with you. Jackson Hole Marketplace, the little shop south of town with a huge heart. The right place in Jackson Hole to stop for a hot breakfast, coffee, or an affordable lunch and beverage. Serving house-made food prepared fresh during the week. Looking for a special gift from Jackson Hole to send someone in town or through the mail? Jackson Hole Marketplace creates custom gift packages ready to ship or deliver in the valley. Learn more today at the jacksonholeconnection.com slash JHM. Jack, welcome back. And we're talking about POW Water, the impact that you have in changing people's lives. And you've mentioned somebody, and I've mentioned, re-mentioned his name before, Professor Eunice. And it talked about, you mentioned social business. Social business. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can you talk more about some examples of other businesses that people would recognize as a social business? Sure. Um, you know, I think there, the examples of a social business that I'm going to talk about are actually ones that most people have probably never heard of. Okay. But, you know, there's a, 
there's a difference between a, a, a socially conscious business and like a true social business from the, the definition of a social business that maybe like Professor Eunice would have. And I think there's some great brands out there right now. You know, I'm really inspired when I look at the consumer market. I think that it's showing that, hey, consumers, the light bulb moment has kind of happened. And many consumers are saying, hey, like I'm going to buy products that actually do good for the world. And if I have to pay another buck or two bucks to do that, uh, I'm going to put a value on it. So shout out to all the brands that are out there today doing it, because I think there's so many examples of of brands doing a spectacular job. But a social business from that definition is a little different. A social business is actually a business that sole mission is impact generation. And it's really tough to achieve that under the lens that like maybe Professor Eunice has has crafted because there's a non-dividend structure. So basically, there's two examples that come to mind that are just absolutely uh, uh, brilliant examples to me. One is uh, Grameen Shakti and Grameen Shakti was, was created by professor Eunice in Bangladesh. And it is basically a solar company. And, um, in the nineties and in the two thousands, there were barely, uh, uh, barely any electricity in the rural parts of, of Bangladesh. And basically what he did was he created this business where through a microfinance model, he would front these solar units to local entrepreneurs um, who would then sell them to the local community, then be able to kind of run their own micro business, basically installing these things. So, and I think he he brought you know uh, power to to millions and millions of people through the system, and also created all of these jobs for these individuals on the ground that would otherwise not have them. And basically did that just by facilitating and and th- and that's one thing that Professor Yunus has done to me that's just uh, insane is. The way that the, the first step is the trust, right? The trust of the local person uh, on the ground um, that, hey, we're going to allow you to, to you know, give you this loan of some kind so that you can be a self-starter and we're not going to be a loan shark. And that's what he was able to do through the Grameen Bank, which I think is the, probably the greatest example of a social business today, which is why he won the Peace Prize, which is the number one microfinance organization in the world. It's in nearly every country on earth and I, it's lifted you know, hundreds of millions of people out of poverty and it's owned by, and the owner of the Grameen Bank is not Professor Yunus. It's the actual borrowers of the bank. Um, the people that borrow the bank, they're actually the owners of the Grameen Bank, all of them collectively. 99% of them are women. Um, and what his whole story, I'll just say it real quick, just because it's, it's an incredible one. It was in the 70s. Um, he was teaching at a, a university in Bangladesh. He's an economics professor and basically went into uh, a neighboring, um, you know, slum, if you will, and just saw the indentured kind of servitude that was taking place and just gave, uh, basically bought like three people out of indentured servitude right there. And, and I think it was like $27 US or something like that. Whoa. And like, basically, um, once he did that, he was like, well, what if I just like created this as like an interest-free loan with these people to see if they would ever pay it back and realized like they all paid it back. And then he immediately clicked and he was like, the poorest of the poor people, you know, 40% of the world today doesn't have access to a bank. Mm-hmm. And if you think about that, that's insane. And by just creating this vehicle where you can get a loan, um, the, the repayment rates are through the chart. I mean, he has higher repayment rates than nearly every bank we have in the U.S. with the Grameen Bank. And so it's just brilliant what he's done there. And uh, the Grameen Bank and all the Grameen organizations are uh, are operating very very well. That's cool. So you gave 
one example of a solar company, and then yeah. and number two example a of, bank. of the Grameen Bank. Yep. When people feel as though that they have a social conscious business, I, I appreciate you separating the two, the difference between a social business and a social conscious business. What's an example of a social conscious business? And and this is not... I, I like Patagonia. Okay. Yeah, I like Patagonia. Yeah. I think that they do mm-hmm. over the history. They're now doing food. Yeah, they're doing everything. And, mm-hmm. you know... Yvonne, like I, I, I love his kind of his rebel spirit. Uh, he's like, let my people go surfing was a big inspiration to our team, and they've built an incredible culture. And I think what they do with the environment is, is great. Mm-hmm. I really do. Yeah, and he, they just keep going and and developing. Yeah, different different ideas, and you're getting more than just something that's going to last probably a lifetime, but you're you know that you're buying something that's going to make an impact in the rest of the world. Absolutely. When you buy something from, from Patagonia. Yeah, absolutely. So what's your next thing? What I mean, what are you gonna do next? I mean, this is huge. For for, a, for another podcast. We're we're but we've got a really exciting project we're working on. And I think the bottom line is there's so there's so there's such a need for when it comes to water in these communities, it's unbelievable. I mean, the way that it's been set up, the way that it works and it's and it's a growing problem. That to me, and and with our whole team, that that's what we look at and we're like, wow, this is just insane. Like, you know, the, you look at the list of cities that are on the water scarce list, and these are cities. Some of them you would never think that would not be your first city that that came to mind. Are you referring to cities here in the U.S.? Uh, well, we have it here in the U.S., but even internationally. Mm-hmm. I mean, everyone's heard Cape Town, right? But like Jakarta, yeah, there's like. 20 million people in Jakarta, you know, like that's a big problem, mm-hmm. you know, Mexico city. There's like, I think closer to 30 million people in Mexico city. That's a big problem. You know, these are, these are places that don't come to mind when you think of the water crisis, you know, right away. Mm-hmm. But obviously there's dire need in India, you know, and, in Bangladesh and, and all, and in Africa. Um, but South America, you know, has some big cities that are looking at it. Even London is on that list. And you're just like, interesting. London, how? Huh. But yeah, it, it's it's surprising. And then obviously here in the U.S. I, I mean, we had Flint, Michigan. We had Flint, Michigan. I actually went to a water conference in Detroit. Uh-huh. And it's insane. You hear the stories. And it's not just Flint. It's Cleveland. It's Trenton, New Jersey. It's American cities right here. Um, they're having a problem with water. But you look at what's gone on with the American Southwest, and that's not a sustainable long-term uh, solution either you know i mean once you move that water out of the colorado to golf courses in vegas scottsdale and southern california yeah it's luscious green grass but it, the water never gets returned to the colorado river table i mean mm-hmm. it's, it's then gone um, and that's why if you i've been down to the colorado down south um like near mexico and it's like it, it's run up in some places you know that water used to make it all the way down. Yeah. It doesn't anymore. We use every drop of the Colorado. And so it's just, it's water is, it's changing. Uh, it's the most precious thing we have. And we don't, it's the thing we probably live in here in Jackson. The craziest part is, you know, we don't have to think about it at all. But then again, you know, in Hoback, there's uh, a few houses in Hoback that were having a big water problem just mm-hmm. last year. So it's not as far as you think. Right. It's fascinating to think about what people do pay for water here in the U.S. as well. Because when you calculate what you pay for a gallon of water, 
It's sometimes it can be more expensive than a um, gallon of gas. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Especially when you get into some more of the boutique waters or some of the imported sparkling waters, it starts adding up. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a different topic, but I mean, you know, it, it takes more than one bottle to get a bottle of Evian of actual what water that's going into it. You know, I think it's three. Because of all the cleaning and yeah, cleaning and stir, yeah, I think huh. I think it's something like that three for everyone, and then it's virtually just glorified tap water, and there's really bad research that's coming out about the shedding of plastic onto uh, in the plastic water bottles when it warms up, when it gets cold, when it warms up, when it gets cold, the actual plastic bottle actually can shed, and I've seen research that's coming out that's basically saying like this is terrible for you. Mm-hmm. I think it's called. Uh, it might be like one of the biphenols mm. or something. BP, yeah, BPA. Are your water bottles insulated? They are double right. vacuum. Keep it hot. Keep it cold. All right. And what are they constructed of that makes them so environmentally steel? Steel okay. and bamboo. All right. Yeah, we've got a bamboo line that's really slick. Uh huh. What part of the bottle is bamboo? Uh, the exterior. All right. Of one of two of our products uh-huh. is bamboo and the inside is stainless what makes it insulating uh there's like still a, a vacuum layer okay yeah, yeah, yeah. all right it's the bamboo is it's more of a um aesthetic thing mm-hmm. this... but it makes it good for laser graving laser engraving really good really slick i do you do that in your garage no <laughs> that sounds like a, a fire hazard <laughs> I mean, everybody needs a laser. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, exactly. Yeah, call your neighbors over. <laughs> let's drink a few beers and start doing some laser engraving. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's it's a fun, fun little uh, after-school program totally, that you can do totally, with kids. Totally, Yeah. And do you go to many seminars or research workshops to see where you can make an impact with your project? Yeah, we really try to. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, so, I mean, our idea, we actually launched at the Global Social Business Summit at Volkswagen's headquarters in Wolfsburg, Germany. We were invited. Um, we wrote a, a letter basically explaining what we wanted to do. And um, the Grameen Creative Lab, which is uh, one of Professor Yunus's incubators, invited us to be one of three startups to pitch. So we went over there and we pitched at one of these. And it's insane. I mean, when you are talking with people in your space, in your field, in water, it, you just leave inspired every time. So we try to hit a ton. I mean, I think last, last year I maybe went to five or six uh, conferences. Uh, we actually just held, when we were in Dhaka, Bangladesh, we just held a seminar with uh, 20 people where we basically talked about the problems that they saw in their local community, what would work in terms of advertising or not advertising, what ideas they have. And I mean, any of that open source ideas, I'm just the biggest fan of. I mean, it just... It leads to better creativity and leads to better ideas because otherwise so much of what you create is built on your own personal assumption. Mm-hmm. Have you ever met Christian Shearer who lives over in Idaho and he is about sustainable farming, regenerative farming. Very cool. Yeah, taking it to the next level, regenerative. And now he's even using blockchain to be able to track the really? products, the materials that go into products. Wow. When it comes down to food materials or products that, you know, health and beauty aids, 
Yeah. Wow, um, that is cool. I'll have to. Uh, I'll have to have you I'll, introduce I'll us. You that to, sounds cool. Yeah. I watched a, really a movie, uh, Big Little Big Little Farm, I think is what it was called. Oh, I've heard about that. I haven't seen it yet. You should, Farm. You should watch it. Farm. You should watch yeah. it because it's all about that. It's it's really something else. Okay. It's cool. Awesome. Jack, this has been spectacular learning about you and what you're doing with Pow Water. If people want to connect with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Jack at powwater.com. Okay. <laughs> It's that easy. <laughs> that is easy. Uh, Do you have a Twitter handle? Powwater.com. Uh, no Twitter handle, uh, but you could also uh, go to our website, uh, contact at powwater.com. I think we have a phone number there. There's a bunch of ways to get a hold of me. Yeah. Yeah. I hope somebody's inspired here and orders lots of water bottles, but then as well, maybe somebody else is inspired to create their own social business model. Yeah. No, I mean, the level of entrepreneurship we have here in the Tetons, I've seen firsthand with Silicon Kular and mm-hmm. anyone reach out because uh, it's amazing. I've had I've talked to so many people here in the community that are just fantastic. I mean, I'm looking at Fitzgerald's community bike shop right mm-hmm. there. You're having one of his water bottles. And, you know, I got the chance to meet um, Fitz during the pitch day competition. He yeah. was pitching his new business, Buddy Pegs, which right. so there's I mean, it's awesome. It's awesome. The level of uh community engagement that we have right here with entrepreneurship in the Tetons. It's fantastic. It is. And fortunately, with this being a podcast, and it has a little bit of national and international reach. So maybe somebody in Israel, Germany, Egypt, wherever they're listening from, or Japan. Germany will be at the Super Happiness Festival in Munich. What is the Super Happiness Festival? <laughs> um, it's a social business festival, June 27th through 30th, and it's where we'll be launching uh, a new idea. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I wish you all the best, Jack, <laughs> and thank you for what you're doing. And I have to look at getting some of those bottles Come for, on. for the liquor store. Oh, you, we've, we've got to do it. Yeah. We've got to do, we'll it. do it. 100%. All right. Take care. Thanks so much. You. Such a pleasure. Indeed. To learn more about Jack and Pow Water, please visit the JacksonHoleConnection.com, episode number 76. My request from you today is share this episode, get out there in social media and give a like, and share this sucker with friends and family. And I could not create this podcast without the support of my wife, Laura, my amazing boys, Lewis and William, my editor, Michael Morey, musical director, Luke Taylor, and my marketing guru, Tana Hoffman. I sure hope you've enjoyed this episode, and I really look forward to seeing you back at the next episode of the Jackson Hole Connection.